You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here, and we're gonna do another deal analysis. And today we'll be talking about a one bedroom rental that was a condo in Aurora. And end of the day, these are about the lowest price point rental properties that you can get into uh, for the lowest price point here in Denver. So this was a about $115,000 purchase price. And I think the investor was all in for just over about $30,000. So still a good chunk of money. But as you know, for Denver, that is a very low down payment, especially when you're looking at putting a 25% down payment on an investment property. So my co-host today is Preston Newberry. Preston, how's it going? going great, Chris. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to chat about some more properties and dig into some of the numbers here. Yeah, so this will be good. So this is a deal that Preston and I helped uh, a client buy. This is actually back in quarter four in 2019. We ended up closing on this right around Thanksgiving. Give you guys that time frame on there. And just so everyone knows, Preston and I often work uh, deals and clients together just so we can conquer and divide and play to our strengths. So we should hopefully get in some good details on this one. So the investor profile for this property is uh, he's a small business owner, you know, uh, saves money in the stock market, um, does a lot of contributions to his SEPs or 401ks or whatever it is, but he also wants to build a sizable rental portfolio for longer term retirement planning. Now he's busy with, you know, family and his work. So he doesn't have a lot of time to go out there and do, you know, fix and flips or crazy deals. He just wants, you know, pretty good returns and a uh, place to go park his money. So in 15 or 20 years, it can be a significant part of his port, uh, portfolio. And this was not his first rental property. So to help make things go smoother so he could move uh, pretty quick here. So the other thing we really liked about this client was he knew what his budget was and was able to make a very quick decision. And that always helps uh, with any type of property. But often when we get these properties, because this one did not come from the MLS, this came from a networking deal. So as we often do, uh, just in our general you know, day-to-day working our business, we're always out there talking with other investors. Uh, other agents, other professionals, you know, 1031 people, lenders, and just, you know, chat with people. Uh, we let them know what type of clients we have, what type of uh, properties we're looking to buy or sell at the moment. That way, we're always just putting information out there. And what that does is that leads to people passing us deals. And in this case, this was an investor who wanted to uh, sell this property, Um sell the property, and actually then 1031 into a bigger property. So don't know when this investor bought the previous property, but it was a condo, or it is a condo. It's a one-bedroom, one-bathroom in Aurora, so not too far off of like Mississippi Avenue. Uh, he was originally listed on the MLS for about 120, and we said, hey, if we can get you in here and do a, uh, you know, bring a buyer, uh, keep the price down, can do it for 115. And we were able to make it work that way. So why we liked it, I mean, it's a very low low price point. It's a solid performing cash flow condo, and it needs minimal work to get it into rent-ready condition. So Preston, I mean, diving into how we found this property and the contract details on here, uh, you take the lead on this because this is a contract that you wrote. Yeah, Chris. So this is actually a pretty interesting one. It came to us through, uh, as you said, our network and another investor that was 
looking to get rid of some properties and, and do some 1031 work and move up into some bigger, uh, bigger complexes. So this was one of his uh, smaller units that he had, and he knew that we had a pretty good client list of, of people that might be interested in something like this. So uh, he reached out and we had a good conversation and uh, they were getting ready to, you know, possibly put it on the market within a week or two of talking to us. And I said, Hey, you know, we've got, we've got a client that would be perfect for this. Let's, uh, let's see if we can make a deal. And as Chris said, you know, originally he was wanting uh, one one twenty, and you know, for us it was kind of like, let's do a quick close. We can make this super clean and easy, um, you know, and reduce the price a little bit, and just move on down the road. So uh, we were able to get it under contract. Uh, originally, we were doing a, a three week closing, uh, like I said, trying to move quick and get uh, get some cash out of this property so he could continue on with his ten thirty one. And a question popped up here from Aaron. And he says, Chris, when you say the investor knew his budget, do you mean what value property he wanted to invest in or how much he wanted to spend on a down payment? It's a great question. And this is more of a down payment question because, you know, the, the amount of cash you have really depends on the type of property you can buy. <clears throat> because if you're looking at condos, they usually require a 25% down payment. Now, if you buy a single family home, well, we can buy those for 15% down. If you're doing a multi, it's 20 or 25%. So we always like to start off with what's the budget so we know how much money we have and then we can figure in some closing costs, other costs you have to do with real estate. And then from there, we know what type of properties that we can go out there and hunt for. So as Preston just said, we had it below ask. Um, and again, we just wrote, you know, a clean contract with a fairly quick close. And Preston, I mean, what was the inspection like on this property? So for this property, uh, knowing, you know, the investor client and, and how well he takes care of his properties, we didn't do a full bring in an inspector inspection, um, which we typically kind of tend to do a lot of times on these condos because we know them so well. And there's really not a whole lot um, other than the major systems to look at. So for this one, we actually walked it with the property manager that the client was going to be using, um, kind of went through everything, um, checking all, you know, electrical outlets, all the appliances major systems, uh, HVAC, all that kind of stuff. Um, and this property was actually in really good shape. It was a little bit dated, but at the end of the day, all we needed to do was get the, uh, the HVAC system, um, serviced and clean. So had somebody come in, they went through certified, uh, certified the furnace, cleaned all the, all the ducts, replaced the filter, um, and off to the races we went. And I mean, that's one of the nice things just with how the Denver market is, is even though it's outdated, you generally don't need to go in there, do a bunch of work to still get, you know, near top rent. So as Preston was outdated, but still going to command good rent for the size of the unit and the location. So our client, he went with a 30-year conventional loan, and he did a 25% down payment. As I mentioned a minute ago, uh, condos typically almost always require a 25% down payment, no matter what lender you go with. And that's usually because the condos have a heavy investor concentration. So when they're over that 50% threshold, and there's other factors as well, but it's usually that 50% investor threshold that is one of the main triggers for lending is they require a 25% down loan. And some lenders still won't even lend on those complexes. So this is one of those things where you have to know, hey, what lenders know the complex, what lenders can actually lend on the complex, and what lenders can navigate uh, these HOAs because sometimes these HOAs can trip up underwriting. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of times sellers, uh, we do went out with sellers and listing agents because they know that we've performed these properties. They know our lenders have performed. And that way they know we can get the job done and not you know, drop the ball three quarters of the way through the contract. So the property came in 
uh, for appraisal at value, so no issues there. And we had no seller, con- you know, no seller concessions, no seller credits. Uh, we just had the HVAC serviced and clean. And then since he put down 25%, there was no PMI. And he did end up buying the interest rate down to, uh, if I recall, a pretty low interest rate. So plugging into the rental analysis here, uh, these are screenshots of the spreadsheet that we use with Joe Massey, you know, his rental property investment spreadsheet. So I plugged in the numbers, took a few screenshots. And if you want to go in there and see the numbers for yourself, if you're listening to this later, or you want to spend some time studying it, uh, click the links. It'll be on the blog post so you can read those. And if you ever want to copy the spreadsheet with these numbers, always email me or Preston. We can send it out to you as well. So you can see here, we put in that it's a Aurora condo, one unit investment property, 25% down payment, uh, 115 purchase price, uh, acquisition cost of $4,500. And that was including his interest rate point buy down. That was a big chunk of that money right there. Loan costs are fixed about $1,540. And he did use Joe Massey for this. So overall, his down payment was just under $29,000. But when you factor in the acquisition cost, the loan cost, and then it needed some initial repair costs, we were all in for about $37,000. Now, Preston, I am drawing a blank on here. Do you remember what the initial uh, initial repairs were on this property? So, initially, it was tenant-occupied, so we weren't going to go in and do anything. Um, unfortunately, we had a, a situation where um, the tenant ended up in the hospital just before closing and passed away. So um, whenever the uh, new owner took over, he did go in and replace some of the appliances and put new carpet in one of those things that eventually he was planning on doing anyway. So I think he ended up spending around $3,000, as you put in the spreadsheet here, um, to go in and just do a little bit of carpet, um, updated some appliances and, and a little paint and stuff. Uh, but it wasn't something that needed to be done right away. It just kind of happened out of opportunity. Okay, that's right. And so he got the interest rate down to 4% over a 30-year fixed mortgage. And these properties rent for uh, about right around $10,050. And that's what we got for rent on this property was $10,050. So we plugged in a 3% vacancy, 3% rent increase, 5% appreciation, since it's such a low price point, and our go-to 25% effective tax bracket. And then the rest of the numbers we plugged in here, uh, we selected yes, he is paying for property management or he is using property management. Now, our property manager is charging him 7%, uh, but we just round up to 10% just to help account for some other turnover costs and other fees associated with uh, property managers when they do have to advertise a property. Since this is a condo, we are doing a 5% repairs and reserves, uh, uh, repairs, maintenance, reserves. And these percentages, these are percentages of the rent. So it's 10% of the rent, 5% of the rent is the way we calculate that. It is a condo, so there is an HOA, and it's only $137 a month. The taxes were $720 a year, and annual property insurance was just over $400 for our investor. So as far as all the other expenses, uh, water and sewer, that's paid by the HOA. Trash is HOA. Electric. That is paid by the tenant. You know, they're paying Excel directly. And then all the exterior maintenance, landscaping, snow removal, all that stuff, that's taken care of by the HOA. So you can see here, it's pretty straightforward analysis here. And we'll dive into the numbers. So this is the screenshot on the last tab of Joe's spreadsheet here, or I'm sorry, the cash flow tab. 
So the very top here, we have total annual expenses of about $4,600. So we subtract that from the annual rent, and that leaves us a net operating income of about $7,500 for the year. Now, your net operating income, that is the money you have left over after you pay expenses, but before you pay your mortgage payment, and that is your principal and interest, because you've already accounted for taxes, insurance, and those other operating expenses. So his, his monthly payment, I mean, this is a small loan balance of about $86,000 at 4%. It's only $411 a month for his mortgage payment. So annually, that's just under $5,000 for the year. And so when you subtract $5,000 from $75 and change, it gives him an estimated about $2,600 a year in annual cash flow before taxes. So that is a 6.9% cash on cash return and a 6.4% cap rate. So Preston, you see those numbers. What's your reaction to properties like this? This is stuff that we would love to see every day, Chris. I mean, these numbers are really, really good. And it's um, not very often that we see them in the one bedroom complexes like this. And that was what was so attractive to our client about this property was that, um, you know, typical numbers like this in, uh, in some of the bigger units, you know, we try and typically go after three bed, two bath type condos, but uh, the numbers just really, really work here, especially at this price point, and that's what made it so attractive. Yeah, and then, uh, as Preston said, numbers look good, and sometimes deals just come across the radar, like, great, we can put something together, and it's a it's a win-win-win. And that's one of the, the things we really enjoy about doing networking deals, is a lot of times it's different than doing an MLS deal or a wholesale deal or anything like that, because... Again, we focus on rental properties, so we're usually working with other investors or an agent with their investor, and they're usually more like, hey, I want to sell it. If I get this number, I'm happy, and I know it has this issue. I'll take care of this, but I want to sell it so I can do a 1031 exchange and get into something, you know, a, a different property for their own portfolio. And that's what this seller was doing. He'd done this property for a while and was just looking to take his equity and go redeploy it somewhere else. So with these deals, what happens is a lot of times it becomes uh, great. We can discuss things, we can line up deadlines, and we can make it truly a win-win situation for the buyer and the seller. Uh, so our buyer got a, a really good deal, and our seller was happy, and he was able to get the time on he needed and roll the money into a 1031 exchange to get it to whatever he was buying next, which was a, uh, I sh I'm sure it was a more expensive property than this $130,000 condo. That's all I know for what he bought. Um, but as far as our client for this property, you know, obviously the numbers make sense. The cash flow makes sense. Uh, and especially for the price point here, it's just, you know, you don't see properties usually for this, you know, this cheap in Denver. So there's a good chance for strong appreciation. There'll always be demand for the lower price properties like this, either for, uh, someone to buy or for someone to rent. And so like a lot of investors, his plan is to sit on it for at least a handful of years, and then every year, reevaluate it. Might be time to do a cash-out refi. Might be time to sell it and do a 1031. Or might be just, hey, great, I'm going to sit on it for another year. I'll sit on it for another five years. I'll sit on it for another 10 years and just collect the cash flow. And that's one of the things we always sit down, we look at with our clients, you know, after they buy a property on a regular basis is, hey, great, you bought the property. We have our expected first-year returns here. But once you get to year two, year three, year four, year five, especially like the year five and beyond numbers, well, sometimes it makes sense to look at the equity. And again, that's what our client's looking for because he's got a longer term 
horizon for his retirement plans where he doesn't need the cash flow today and he's not looking to retire within a couple of years. So redeploying the equity to do a with a cash out refi or doing a 1031 exchange to buy a better rental property or to re-leverage up, that fits within his wheelhouse. And the other thing that was good about this property, Chris, I'll jump in here real yeah. quick, was that, you know, as you mentioned, this client, this wasn't his first rental property. And if I remember correctly, I think the, all the other properties that he owns currently were uh, single family rentals around town. So something we always try and talk with our clients about as well is just being diversified and not, you know, having all of your uh, assets tied up in one property type. So this really kind of fit his strategy as well of, of being able to diversify a little bit and um, add to his portfolio while putting something a little bit different into the mix. Yeah, you're right. And then it's all single families that he has. Well, I'll tell you about this. All right. So if you guys want to check out the numbers yourself, make sure you go check out the show notes. Email me, email Preston. We can definitely get the spreadsheet out to you as well. And if you need help analyzing properties or want to find some good, solid rental properties around Denver, don't hesitate to reach out. So thanks for listening. And Preston, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Chris.